0: Taylor. And I'm Brittany. Together, we are two sisters who are here to help you learn some tips and tricks to help navigate this crazy journey called life. We bring you the perspective of a licensed LMHE therapist and a new mother. And a slightly eccentric mom of two. When you combine us as sisters, we like to consider ourselves as quite the dynamic duo. So join us as we talk about all life has to offer.
1: Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and hit that like, follow, or subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts for updates.
0: If you're liking what you hear, leave us a five-star review. It helps us know what content you like and spreads the love to others to get resources and help for their mental health. Okay, friends, as we're starting this episode today, we wanted to give you a warning. Um, This can be triggering content for some listeners. If you're prone to depression or suicidal thoughts, as well as are triggered by hearing about the subject of suicide and depression, please go to one of our other episodes. Thank you. Thank you. KT, so today we are talking about depression for Depression Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so October's Depression Awareness Month, which we've been
1: aware of. (laughs) Awareness, awareness. Um, (laughs) So funny. Uh, uh, This one was honestly, I think for me and you both, this one was not one we were necessarily looking forward to because it's a heavy one. It is. It's necessary. And it's always been something in the psych world that I deal with depression with clients every day. It's not, um, like it's not one that I'm like super love to deal with, but it's the side effect of my job. You know, it's kind of like a doctor who doesn't love like the hardships of I don't know death or whatever in their job, and and it's just a part of it. And I feel like depression is the one for me where it's heavy and it's hard, and it's not yeah. one that I like love like, and that sounds so weird to say love, but like some mental health disorders, you're just like, this is my passion. And depression is hard. It's heavy and you can feel it and it weighs on you. And I think this is the one that actually drains me the most. So if you're like that, like no pressure, don't listen to this episode. If it's too much for you, like respect it, move on. Totally fine. However, we want to give the information out there for people because it is something that tons of people deal with. It is something that is a hard subject to deal with. You know, I mean, it's, the most, uh, what did the CDAC say that, um, they, they like said, this is the most disease like spread across worldwide. Like everybody has had a touch of this or everybody has dealt with somebody that has some of it. Like this is such a rampant thing that it's a very important subject to talk about.
0: Yeah. And we're bringing you the perspective of Taylor's a therapist and we have so many friends and family members and loved ones who deal with depression. So that's mm-hmm. why I think this made this extra personal for us just because it is something that yeah. we are constantly dealing with both professionally for Taylor and in our own personal lives. Yeah. Um, I not think that Taylor that- and I have depression diagnoses, but with ones we care about. So yeah. we're bringing you those perspectives. I think one thing that's really hard about it
1: too is as a, an outsider you have zero control, but also as a person that has it, a lot of people say they have zero control too, and we'll talk about that in this episode. But a lot of times they don't have control, and that's the hardest part. Is it's not like that's probably my my biggest thing about it that I have a hard time is I can't go in and be like use all these tricks and do all these things. Sometimes we just have to be patient, and sometimes we just have to wait, and sometimes we just have to provide the space for people to be sad. Yeah, and that's it. And I, you just have to just have to care, but like. You can't go in and fix it. You can't go in and be like, use this coping skill. Use this. Like, you know, anxiety. I had like so many episodes because I'm like, we got tricks. We got things we can help you with. You can manage it. And then depression, it's more of a, we love you. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, and that's where it's, it's hard.
0: And if you're listening to this as someone with depression or with someone who you love with depression, I think that's our key takeaway is remember mm-hmm. you are loved. We know it's hard and don't give up. Well, yeah, you- On either side, if you're trying to fix somebody with depression, you can't fix them. Yeah. Love them. Be their support person. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard on both sides.
1: I'll say it for every, like throughout this whole episode is there is hope. You have hope. And that's all I ever tell my clients is there is hope and there's a whole life out there. And there's a way to, to get out of it and experience life again and we'll find it. But you have to trust me. And that's the hardest part is I'm asking people to trust me on something that they you feel like in your black pit and you're like, you're not going to get out of it. And that's a lot to ask of somebody is because I don't know when it's going to happen either. You know, I'm just saying, I know it does happen. I know it can happen. We will be okay. And I just have to sit there and just keep saying, there's hope, there's hope. So if you're in that moment of darkness, there is hope, there is light. I promise you, like I have experienced this, seen this, there is something for you out there you have to trust and trusting's hard.
0: Don't give up. So Tay, let's start with uh, where does a depression or- originate from? Where does yeah. it come from in our bodies? So um, I kind of like had this a little
1: backwards, like in our layout. So I'm almost tempted to go first for like different types of depression. So people understand that, or we can do origination maybe we'll do origination because it
0: no yeah. i think it makes sense okay. to do origination first okay, like so to know that right. this is actually yeah i think it's important for people to remember especially like the old school mentalities you know like if we think back to grandparents or you know great aunts and uncles and stuff mm-hmm. they would always say oh this is something you can fix it's just your mindset it's just a, be like, happy just get over it, move on yeah be That's happy Put on yeah. a
1: smiley face yeah go just serve like somebody go. it's your fault Um, Yeah. Historically, this one was crazy. It was like you did something wrong, like religiously you were bad or um, because that was how the world was seen, right? It was so conservative and religious for so long. So it was like you have a demon, you um, are a bad person, you brought this on yourself, it's your fault. And then a lot of people were suffering from substance use because and they would go through addiction and all these things because they were trying to figure out how to manage their depression because nobody was helping them they would just think, like, this is your fault so then it would compound the factors so then these behaviors would compound on top of each other because Ugh. historically everyone's like suck it up it's your fault it's your problem but in reality it's like everybody's felt this i guarantee everybody has felt depression because it's a normal emotion what we're looking for though is how long it lasts so we'll get into that and the symptoms and what it is but um Yeah, that's where it makes me really mad, where I just want to be like to some people, well, can you be happy if, you know, your dog died or if you got broken up with somebody or anything like that? Like, if we were just like, suck it up, be happy, you're fine.
0: Like, (laughs) like, okay, like, jerk, you'd be ticked. Yeah. Uh, And that's a good case of situational depression where all of us have felt that.
1: Yeah. So there's situational Mm -hmm. depression, which is like life brings it to you, right? Mm -hmm. Environment is where... Um, You kind of create some of your environment. Like when people say like you create your own happiness, sometimes, yeah, if you're a pessimist and you're always looking for crappy things in life, you are creating depression or proneness to more depression by that like environment you're creating. Or if you have a really like hard home life, that environment can really add to like depression, right? If we were to take that person out of that like difficult, broken home, uh, abusive situation or anything like that, they could be okay. And that's where sometimes life situations or circumstances. Yes, it's going to be really hard if you're in a war torn area. If you're like poverty, impoverished things like that. Absolutely, you're going to be more prone to to depression, right?
0: Absolutely, and um, that's just human nature.
1: Yeah, life is hard, and like you shouldn't yeah. be like, yeah, this
0: is great. Keep giving me hard things,
1: like, <laughs> and that's where it's situational or environmental. Um, biological is where. You know, it, there's chemicals in your body. So the main ones that usually are called out, which a lot of people know is like serotonin, which there's serotonin reuptake medication, mm-hmm. uh, selective serotonin reuptake. So that's the SSRIs people are taking like, oh, I forgot the list of um, medications, which I had it pulled up. But a lot of people would recognize them. It's like, you know, the the typical antidepressants like- um,
0: Xanax, yeah. Escitalopram, Zolo Zolox. Zolox yeah.
1: Pro guys, I am not a psychiatrist. So I don't remember all the meds names, but you know what I'm talking about when
0: For those yeah. of you who don't know, psychologists can't prescribe drugs. Psychiatrists are medical doctors as well and can't prescribe drugs. So yes, Taylor like, says that psychiatrists this isn't her specialty, is the drug side of things. Yeah. So, medication. Mm-hmm. So
1: psychiatrists yeah.
0: mainly focus on treating
1: um Mental health and, and issues with medication—that's their main modality. My main modality is talk therapy and implement a bunch of other therapeutic techniques. So we'll pair with them. So when I say I don't know medications, I really, I know them because of clients, but they're not my specialty. So I'm not gonna like pull them out of my head.
0: Um, <laughs> As you shouldn't have to. There's, yeah. I
1: mean, I can only know so much about I try. Exactly. <laughs> I try to know so much. Um hormones can cause it. So we'll see like a shift in teens. A lot of times you'll notice they get a little more moody or they get more depressed, especially during puberty. There's a high level of hormones, especially, um, pregnancy is where they check this one a lot too. Like mm-hmm. pre or postnatal. Uh, the, the rush of hormones is going to cause an unbalance of things in your body. And it's going to cause certain emotions to linger or to come out more stress and trauma, uh, chronic illness and substance use. All of those can cause depression to come out.
0: So pretty much just living life. Yeah. And it's nothing that you can you can't change these things. It is just life. Yeah. Like everyone thinks like
1: like we're both really optimistic people. I've had bouts of depression. I've had moments of depression. You have too. And we're we're like extremely optimistic and we don't have genetic biological depression. You know, like life gets hard, like it's it's just what yeah. it is. And that's where I think everyone's like, "Oh, I can combat it or I can just not have it or I'm not prone to it." And it's like, "Nope, you you you're a human being. You're going to have this feeling at one point in your life." So, I think that gets that helps people have a lot more empathy and a lot more sympathy for people that are dealing with major depression and chronic depression. So, we have what's called like situational depression me and you Britt. Like
0: like yeah. it's hard. Like we can see, it postpartum. Yeah, just different things. Loss of a job, big changes. Yeah,
1: postpartum yeah. is more biological based. So, like that one is hormone based change, right? So that would be yeah. like slightly but different. It was
0: still kind of. It was hormone based, but still we could pinpoint it to. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's like a situational mix with like. There's yeah, a lot going was... on postpartum. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Um we're living it right now. Um, so that's where. You know, I think for people, um, it it gets like confusing because everyone's like, "Oh, well, I just don't experience that. I don't know what you're even feeling." So then they, the people who are experiencing chronic or major depression, are then like, "Well, nobody understands me. I'm isolated more." And that's what leads to people worsening. That's what leads to people attempting that's attempting suicide. Um, That's what leads to people in worse spots than if we all can have some form of understanding. So that's why I'm trying to make it very broad in everybody, you have all experienced this. Like everybody has been sad. So if you've been sad, (laughs) use, use your empathy. Empathy means that you can also like, you've not only feel bad for somebody, but you have experienced and you can understand. We can never fully understand somebody's situation and obviously because we're not them, but we can understand for the capacity that we have lived something similar. And that's where, use your empathy people. Like this is what at the end of the day, love empathy is our like antithesis. It's like everything that heals depression is light and happiness. So like some of my depressed clients will come in the room and they'll be like, you're just a lot. And I'm like, I'm a lot because I am very opposite of what you're feeling, but I'm going to purposely keep that around because you need that. And it can be yeah. overwhelming for them at times, so I'll pull it down a little bit. But I will still, like, force them to be like, I know it's a lot to actually have hope. It's a lot to actually be happy. It's a lot to be around somebody that's actually, like, life is okay. But that's what yeah. you need to do while also holding space for them to be not okay.
0: Yeah, and I remember a friend when she was going through a really hard time and she had she had been institutionalized for depression. And I remember talking to her. And saying, you've got this, you're going to be okay. And in that moment, she basically told me to cram it. And I remember being like, I'm just giving you hope, right? Like this is, I, I'm i just giving you hope to tell you it's going to be okay. I love you. You've got this. And in that moment, she didn't just need that. So like Taylor said, if you need to tailor it back, I... I'm guilty sometimes of being that bubbly ray of sunshine. And sometimes people don't want a ray of sunshine. Sometimes they just want you to be a cloud. (laughs) Not a rainy cloud. Mm -hmm. But just time it down a little bit and say, I hear you. I love you. I'm sorry you're going through this. And that's what she needed. And in that moment, luckily she called me out. But well, I think too that there's a balance of like um
1: you still have to give them hope, right? Cause so that's where like clients I've had to learn. And this is not my initial thing. So this took me a while to actually learn this art form. Of, oh, yeah. It's hard. Of you know, giving hope while also validating those feelings. And like what you said, where right. it's just letting people come to you and letting people have their tough moments, but not letting them pity themselves and wallow in it. And the minute that my clients cross that line, I'll say, Yes, life is hard. Yes, depression is hard. I know you're doing you know, like you are doing great surviving what you're surviving and you're brave and you got this. And that's what usually people need to hear is like you are courageous and you're brave for going through this moment because this isn't easy. And I can see that. And when you give that, that's when people start feeling the hope, right? But then the minute that they cross over into like everything sucks, life is terrible. That's the minute where I call them and be like, absolutely not. You stop. Like we don't need pity. We need to honor what you're feeling. We don't need you to go into this whole everything's terrible. Everything's against me. And that's what depression's going to do, right? It's going to try and take you as far as it can go. This is the funniest thing. I've been watching charmed when I feed my baby.
0: At night. <laughs> I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> For those of you who don't know charmed. <laughs>
0: this is like but this was such a good I'm admitting this on a national podcast (laughs) I'm
1: admitting this for everybody's sake of an example there's white lighters and dark lighters and dark lighters are literally meant to bring people to darkness and the demonic side white lighters are angels like just easiest way to describe it This guys this is so stupid so charmed ones is like three witches fighting demon (laughs) powers
0: no more girls for this millionth time instead. I'm just, I'm judging. I mean, I'm
1: just yeah. kidding. Okay. Look, okay. you know, me and baby, we just needed something to bond over. I watched in the hospital. I don't know. Don't <laughs> judge me.
0: So I forgot that too. I knew that one. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Go back to your lights and darks. <laughs> it's fine. But there was an episode with the dark lighter trying to get
1: one of the characters to uh complete suicide. And it was fascinating because everything that he did was a technique of depression. It was in the background being like, uh, we all have self-doubts, right? So she would self-doubt and be like, well, maybe I am causing harm to people, or maybe I'm not important, or maybe it'd be better if I didn't exist. The maybes then got built onto, you're right. You should be God. You're right. You are failing. You are hurting people. You would be better if you didn't exist. That is the line that you have to catch people at of- no, no, no. Like the doubts are just doubts and that's depression. And that's where all of our brain will go sometimes. But if you feed it, that's when it's a no, no, like stop those thoughts, stop that. And that's where like helping people understand that line of I'm all for you feeling your feelings and I'm all for you acknowledging it's hard. I'm not all for you being like, I am worthless. I have nothing to live for. That's where I cut it off. Of oh, yeah.
0: That, you should like, never validate those feelings.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those ones are where it's like, I respect that you have those ideas. I respect that those thoughts came in your head. I've had that too. Validate that. Like, I've experienced it. Things exactly. get hard. I understand. But that's not the thought process we need. And sometimes it's not even counterbalancing it because if you go into every single point, they're going to fight it, right? Like when she would go into yeah. every point with the dark lighter, he would go back and just build on whatever argument like she would have. And that's honestly just argument 101 like power struggle kind of vibe but that's a whole different episode but um (laughs) the more information you give though the more people fight back versus if you just cut it off that's not helping us. That's not where we need to go. Where do you need to go? Go to the light, go to the white lighter. Like, um, <laughs> where, I know, but the analogy really works for me of like dark and light. And that's what depression is, is how much can you give light to other people and how much can they let the light in? And they need to have their dark moments just like we need to have our dark moments because that's how we understand the world is opposites, right? But the more that we don't balance that, the the more that we go to one side or the other.
0: So how do we know then for those with depression, how do you know if it's something that needs to be dealt with? How do you know if you're having major depression, chronic depression? Yeah. So,
1: (sighs) sorry, we kind of went all over the place there a little bit, but it was a good analogy. Um, So there's different types of depression and there's different types of mood disorders. So we're going to go into mood disorders next episode because they're associated with depression, which is like mood disorders include anything that changes your mood drastically. So bipolar is included in those um, seasonal affect disorder, things like that. We'll talk about the next one, but this one we're talking about depression. So we're focusing on different types. There's major depression, which is the shorter one. It's more situational and it's more like we're looking for technically under four months. Like if it's been like a couple, usually it'll be like a couple weeks, like a breakup um, and you can see yourself slowly improving over time or you know, loss of a job, life transition, you moved, things like that. Or you just like are in a funk for a couple of days. Sometimes I wake up and I'm just super grouchy Um things like that. We just call it like shorter depression. Right. And that has to just happen. Like sometimes to get diagnosed with major depression, it needs to happen regularly. Like me and you couldn't be diagnosed with major depression because we just have life happen and we right. can't like, we. I mean, we get through it. Yeah. And if you go in at the right time, like technically a a therapist could be like, yo, you got major depression right now. But like, you know, we just don't like versus other people. I'd be like, you experience this a lot and it comes up a lot. Like, yeah, we should probably diagnose for that.
0: Like Um, some people you can definitely like with sad and stuff, which we'll talk about, but like you can notice a cycle sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Repeating. We're looking for patterns.
1: Does it come up a lot? Is it causing a major impact upon your lifestyle? Things like that. And I'll go over that again in just a second. Chronic is where it's consistent. It happens all throughout your life and it's for long periods of times. You just have bad bouts. Like some people have seasons where this season is onsetting it and it's bad season, right? A lot of people have it right. in winter. Brittany knows my like um, caseload runs where anxiety increases from September to November, December. Depression is extremely high as well as suicide ideations. Ideations are just thoughts or like... Um, thought patterns are wanting to a suicide from January to like April or May. Then the weather gets really nice and then things seem to be happy for people and life goes okay. And then it cycles back again. So the people that would be on that kind of track are the ones that were like, okay, we probably like chronic, like it happens regularly for you and it's big. Um, perinatal is for prenatal or postpartum. You get screened a lot for this one. Some people don't even realize though, that they actually have it, even though we were getting screened a lot. Like going in the doctors, I got screened a ton for this. Um, yeah.
0: But I think that's something we have done more yes. in the recent past because I – like Anson, my youngest, is seven, mm-hmm. and I don't remember getting quite as screened as you have for things. I got
1: screened every visit, which is
0: awesome. I loved good. that they did that. Yeah. They would
1: make us fill out a form every visit. I think the problem with the questions, though, is people want to always realize – I knew what they were looking for, so I was looking for it too. My family right. knew. And there's a lot more awareness around it now. But the problem is, I don't know if people would even notice like some of the questions like loss of interest. Dude, when you're pregnant, there's like no interest. I want to sleep all day. Like things suck. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm um, like yeah, I'm not, not feeling in yourself right now. <laughs> or like <laughs> yeah. things like that. No, I don't feel myself. I have a giant human inside of me that's kicking me all the time. Like some of these questions would like cross over with pregnancy stuff. So people who didn't know a difference, I think they would just be like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And it's like, no, you probably really do got some, some of this Oh, yeah. Or not. Like, my
0: postpartum anxiety, like, skyrocketed. And I still had a hard time Nobody changing. talks about postpartum anxiety, though. I feel like nobody no. talks about that. And I have been psycho for the
1: last week and a half. Co- granted, Koa. Co- oh. Well, you remember me, like,
0: crying about different. Yeah. I mean, it, there were just things where I think it's great that this is more recognized now. Know mm-hmm. that you're not alone. A lot of people well suffer from either postpartum anxiety or depression. It's totally normal. Mm-hmm. Guys, you just had a baby.
1: Like, first off, that yeah. alone is hard. Second off, your body's got destroyed. Third off, I saw this thing. I don't know if it's like medically correct because it was on Instagram, but I liked it. Where it's like we're taking a hundred p- uh, birth control pills a day when you're pregnant for hormone levels. on
0: their and, and then yeah,
1: you is, but- you give birth and immediately y- it's cold turkey. Like <laughs> you're down to zero. So imagine like that analogy to me was really good of like a hundred pills to nothing. Yeah. And you're not sleeping. We're gonna be a little psycho.
0: Yeah.
1: It's fine. So just yeah. So that one's one of them that now is on the list. And then sometimes depression can come along with hallucinations and psychosis. Again, that's like not super common. I personally have not had any clients in the last seven years that have had this symptom um with just depression. I've had it with different mood disorders, like bipolar. Bipolar right. is a whole different ballpark. So like don't even worry about it. But like Um, this one usually comes with substance connections like I used to be an addiction specialist and that one was the one we would look for a lot because when you take a chemical or have a substance put into your body it will cause more hallucinations or psychosis so like it could be that but
0: um, if you're having those probably report it to your therapist if you have those yeah immediately seek medical
1: attention like that, that one is like upper level yeah and even if you're like be I don't know, diagnosis it could be, or yeah, a, just a medical get, thing. It could be help. go get help. Yeah. It could be medical, out. it could be a physiological thing, or it could be a mental thing, or it could be both. Go, go, go to the doctor. Yeah. Go to a professional. Yeah, that, that one's immediate. Go to the professional. We're looking for when to get help from a professional. If it's increased to suicidal thoughts, uh self-harm behavior. Self harm is anything that you're purposely punishing, injuring your body for whatever motivation. Um, and that can be in any form, like exercise, cutting, anything like that, restrictive eating, all that stuff. Um, And we're looking for over a period of time. So it's like maintaining for a little bit to go to a professional. Like what I said, like Brittany, if you were like had breakups or something, we probably may or may not go Take to a professional, weeks. you know, yeah. like a couple, you know, like that. And that's where it's like life transitions or things like that. Give yourself a little but bit. And then if you're having a hard, you're having time hard time out of that, Exactly. Yeah.
0: Like, let's but say if your it's boyfriend broke up with you and you're still yeah. having a hard time a couple months into it, I would definitely go into the. Yeah, office. go like, okay, it There's no harm either. Go get yeah. help
1: and just talk about it because sometimes you want to talk to a neutral party. So like, these are just our guidelines that we were always taught um in grad school to tell people. But honestly, if you feel like you need to go, just go to somebody.
0: Um, never to go in, obviously.
1: Yeah, yeah. obviously.
0: Uh, I think everyone therapy. should just be
1: assigned to therapists. So. <laughs> um, and then the other one is if it's causing an impending change or like impact in your life. So if it's causing inconvenience in your life or it's causing harm or just something like not working in your life, then we need to like – you need to go get help. Yeah.
0: And I think it's important to note that certain groups are at a higher risk than others. So, Tay, yeah. I know we talked about the LGBTQIA community mm-hmm. is at a higher risk. Geriatrics, which a lot of older people may be in denial. I know mm-hmm. we've seen that with some family this members and loved ones.
1: This is actually super, super high because think about it. It's the end of your life. You feel like you have nothing to live for. All of it's behind you. And usually how we get people out of the thought process is like, look at everything life has to offer. And they're like, I have nothing left. I'm sick. I'm whatever. Yeah, This this group is very, very, very at risk for suicide and for completion.
0: And culturally, they're ones who will deny that they're feeling depressed. Yeah. Like that wasn't in their generational vocabulary, basically. If you were to say you are depressed, I mean, we've mentioned Sylvia Plath in the bell jar before. You're crazy. That is, yeah, they will think you're crazy. You're losing your mind. I'm going to go to be institutionalized. This is a horrible thing to say. I will be shamed. My family will be shamed. Weren't there a ton of literary? What was the one? The poet.
1: Um, there's been a ton of ladies throughout history that are majorly depressed, and well, everyone's thought they Plath. were crazy. Sylvia Plath. And then there's another one that I'm thinking of that's related to the guy that wrote. Why all the names are going out my head? I promise, people, I know things. Um, <laughs> no, you're, you're good. I sound so uneducated. No, the guy that wrote the the Christmas st- Carol. is oh, really? the Same last name as him.
0: Uh, i'm drawing a blank right now too yeah what
1: i know well that's fine we can just move on from that people we're smart i promise Um,
0: (laughs) but yeah this has been going on throughout history you'll see it in literature you'll see it throughout art i mean yeah i could go i could go on and on we could teach a whole art lesson about this but other groups that are more at risk are also middle-aged men which is kind of funny too they're more likely
1: to complete too
0: yeah and we have seen this in our emily dickens and peer groups Thank you. I was seeing as where you were going, but I was like sorry drawing a blink. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, people. No, you're good. Um and Taylor already mentioned teens. Yeah. But we I think that's pretty common knowledge that hormones teens have a higher increase risk. puberty. I feel like t- people are really watched for teens. Now
1: the two populations that you called out to, especially and like in the past, I feel like more rights for minorities have been given out, like LGBTQ plus IA. Um I feel but- like a lot more
0: awareness is is out there right
1: now yeah but there's still such a high risk for that population that we just automatically it's
0: heartbreaking yeah yeah
1: um but so those three like but especially geriatrics and middle-aged men middle-aged men think about like especially the culture before and everything they they were like trained to just be macho kind of thing like they won't say their feelings they've been socialized very different from how we're trying to socialize our boys now of share Mm -hmm. your feelings talk about things deal with them And they just will suck it up. And that's the problem that we're having is they won't actually get the help that they need until it's really late. Like I work with a lot of war veterans. Those dudes usually come in because their wives finally demand it. And that's about it. And then we get into it and I'm like, dude, you are so, you are high on all the skills for all the things, right? And it's like, (laughs) and they wouldn't have gotten help if it wasn't for somebody that loved them, forcing them to finally. And even then they're still like resistant to it, you know? So that's where this population- especially if they're not being watched, are really, really prone to suffer.
0: Yeah. Basically just I I feel like this covers so many family members and loved ones for many of us that just watch those people that you care about, that you closely Mm -hmm. interact with. If you do notice something where they might need some help, it's okay, like Taylor said for those war vets, give them a little nudge. Like, hey, I think it'd be good for you to talk somebody. That's the only only way that they came in. Yeah.
1: The only way they came in because they're wise or feisty enough to be like, yo, get in
0: yeah Um, and i've seen like like repeat lgbtqia plus geriatrics do it for all these just just watch the people you love keep track of them let them know they're not alone i think some parents are
1: really scared too to like put their kid in therapy because they're like well what if it's nothing what if i'm just overreacting great be the overreactive overprotective parent and shows that you actually love your kid if your kid's fighting you great like at least you cared at least you did something you know like it's better than doing nothing and your kid will appreciate that later on in life so and so, you, what they you can't
0: lose like nothing else. Yeah, yeah, you can't
1: really lose on like. Well, at least you showed you cared,
0: and that's a honestly, lot of that's therapists now too. Like for those of you who are worried about sending your loved ones in to go get help, a lot of therapists right now aren't. I feel like giving out the stamp of a diagnosis as much.
1: We don't. We try like, really hard not to. I don't. I try really hard not to unless it's for insurance purposes, and I try really exactly to not go deep.
0: Like I know you have to give it for insurance purposes. But I feel like a lot of therapists now are not saying you have depression. This identifies who you are. And I feel like the, um, the media and all of that is really helping to Mm -hmm. move forward on that. Remember that Selena Gomez song that came out like last year. Um, Probably. My mind is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And so just saying that like, this is who you are, but this doesn't define you. I feel like we're making a lot of progress as a society. Just to be this is who you are, we love you. This doesn't define who you are and there's yep. hope. So if you put a loved one into therapy, they'll at least leave with that message. Yeah. <laughs> Even whether they have a diagnosis or not on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I feel like diagnoses, since you brought it up, I, I hate doing it. We need labels so we know what we're dealing with. So of course I'm gonna be right. and constantly assessing for, for everything. Yeah. And but I hate that clients have to see that because my clients will send it into their insurance because I'm um at a network. So they have to see their diagnosis. And every time I have the conversation of, you know, this does not define you. This is not who you are. This is just simply a label that we have to use in order to get help to pay for your treatment. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, honestly, you have like three other things too, but I don't tell them that unless they need to know. (laughs) Right. Um, Because it's like, what's the good of a label? Like the label is meant to be for the professionals to know what pathway to heal you it doesn't matter for, it doesn't change anything for you besides you are awesome and loved. And some of my clients it really does change things for, and those ones are the ones that I will give that to. But I always make sure we have that conversation first of, is this going to serve you or hurt you? And if it's going to hurt you, then we're not right. going to provide that for you. Some but people it's are really looking help for you,
0: it. Yeah. For like people really do.
1: And that's fine. That's for personality and I'll give it to them. Yeah. But, um, well, the majority of people I try really hard not to, because it's, yeah. I don't, I don't want to know all that's wrong with me. Like, going to the doctor you have all this broken you're missing this part you
0: like right do i still function right. am I still okay human like i know yeah. um okay tay yeah. so you have some really like sobering statistics on here do you want to okay, dive a in those those little bit i just thought they were really interesting um
1: yeah so uh 21 million adults in the US had at least one major episode in their life it's reported this is from a uh, the mental health like Institute from January twenty five or January 25th, 2023. So this is this
0: year, yeah, um, up to date statistic, 8.4% of all adults. Yeah. And honestly, we always count it <laughs>
1: as under reported. Um, so yeah. cause a lot of these things are self-reported. You can't go into like somebody's mind and be like, what do you have? You know? So this is super, super common. Like that's a high number, 21 million. That's a lot. Um, 4.1 million adolescents in the U S have had at least one major episode. That's 17% of the U S population from ages 12 to 17. Women are twice as likely to be diagnosed as men. So like this one is off. It's skewed, which is what I talked about earlier because men are underreporting. So some of these things you got to remember, the real numbers are higher. So these are high for a mental health disorder. These are high for a diagnosis. Just so if you guys don't know, like these are high, um, these are higher though than what we
0: have yeah and certain populations though will have a higher skew like we mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. like if you were to take just the lgbtqia plus community i want to say it's half, over half i don't remember i've seen and i'm just spewing at that one it's a
1: lot though like it is yeah it's high for them um so the groups we called out earlier it's high the men one should be higher middle-aged men because they're under debt. They, like there's a bias to it. So usually, like mm-hmm. they either won't report it or we're not looking for it as much in their population. And that's a flaw in ours diagnosis pro- like process.
0: And I feel it's like biased. sometimes the guys will go in, and then they'll only talk about certain like other yeah. things. You know, like oh, Absolutely. I'm going to talk about work, or I'm yeah. going to talk about how my wife doesn't like this about me. But they will skirt around the actual like. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling Mm -hmm. I'm not depressed.
1: It's everything else's fault or it's, you know, or they just don't want to admit it or whatever it is. And it's that's where there's a flaw to understanding this one. And it's not necessarily like one that we can fix. It's because these are minds, you know, like we can't go in and like mind read everybody. I mean, I wish I could. That'd be a cool power. But um <laughs> a little scary yeah. i mean it make my job a lot easier <laughs> but <laughs> a little scary too i don't know what's in his brain but you know
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> could be a funky place
0: a lot of so fun. now that we've oh my gosh
1: <laughs> <laughs> guys <laughs> fantasy season is upon us <laughs> it's been yeah, a but... lot oh it's gonna make me <laughs> making you crazy <laughs> oh, it's fine i get all the money if he wins <laughs> that's our deal lululemon here i come yeah
0: yeah now that we've kind of talked about the different types of depression who's more at risk for depression let's go over the symptoms because these will apply to anybody who's having depressive symptoms Guys, these are so wide range and i have all of these at one point um
1: so you gotta remember it this is really about building an overall picture like in order to get yeah. diagnosed or know what's going on you got to have the whole setting because just going off symptoms, we all could be like, well, shoot, I got that too. Like, um, So I always am really hesitant to give a list of symptoms off, but I'm also trying to give you guys information. So don't go through this and be like, oh, man, I got all that. I yeah. have depression. <laughs> I'm broken. Like, no, you're not broken first off. And no, like you may not have depression. So like, it's okay. We um, use all the – Puzzle clues to figure it out is what I'm telling you. So the comorbid, um, just so you guys know, anxiety is comorbid with this diagnosis. Comorbid,
0: Brittany, what does that mean? It means that they go together. So you're more likely to have a depression diagnosis if you already have anxiety diagnoses or like some other diagnoses too will be yeah. diagnoses di- whatever nah. will become comorbid with depression as well yeah so we it's, always they, have our so like, like feet off each other
1: yeah we have our high flyers of what's usually going to be diagnosed together i love that you still remember this term from grad school i remember you <laughs> asked me about this from like so long ago and i was like telling you about this and it's
0: awesome See, um, i listen to my sister i think her. also before we dive into symptoms let's remember too, if it's lasting for a couple months, if you're having these symptoms for a couple months, I think that's probably a good gauge to go seek some medical and professional. We're looking for
1: these to consistently come up because I told you I have days, I have weeks like this. If it's consistently over multiple weeks, that's when you probably are starting to qualify. That's when you need to go somewhere.
0: Not just I'm having an off week. I'm overwhelmed this week. I mean, because I could check all of these off just from a trade show week that I just had had a big trade show prep for work. And yeah. I could check off half of these, and yeah. then, you know, but that was a week. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're trying to remind, like,
1: yeah, D- just remember it has to be consistent um, and not be like, yeah. So moodiness, loss of pleasure, they call it anhedonia. Um, you don't have the interest in things that you used to like the same as before. Or you just like, even when you're doing that activity or thing that you love, then it's like, you just don't love it. You're not connected to it. You kind of feel numb. Um yeah. It'd be like if Matson gave up football. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Like, like he's watching black. football and he's like, I don't care about it. Like,
0: yeah. It's fine. It's stupid. football.
1: Stupid. That would be a huge red flag for my husband. Like that would be. Yeah. yeah that's a great example. And you just brought like, up football. Yeah. No, that, that's a great <laughs> example. Like if if Matson ever is like, this just doesn't it just doesn't bring me happiness anymore. Okay, that's like okay we're going to the doctor
0: looks forward to this all year
1: yeah i hear about football literally all year and he's only cared about holding our baby and watching football since we got pregnant like
0: oh yeah i made the matching ones they well not onesies because onesies. <laughs> onesies for banks and <laughs> so he could wear the favorite teams <laughs> yeah that's a great example so
1: like loss of that moodiness just more like quick to snap pull isolation um things like that like it, some people are introverts. Are together though. i feel like
0: yeah um yeah. sadness introverse but it's yeah it's a little more extreme i feel like yeah the, usually there'll be a lash of anger or a lash of like moodiness mm-hmm. or something
1: associated with the isolation so you can kind of figure it out that way um feeling numb like life is just blah like we all have those days or those period of time we're on autopilot and life's just like we're just rolling we're like it's fine it's eh. But that's the yeah. problem comes when everything is eh and nothing is spiking it. Like if Matson was to have a football, then he automatically shoots up to happiness, right? So if he had a football and everything else, he'd still be eh, then that would be a problem.
0: Yeah. And I remember there was, when was that? It was a few months back. And I remember telling you, I just feel like everything's just kind of blah. Like I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling happy. I'm not feeling sad. I'm not feeling, I was like, I just was very apathetic. Yeah. And that was they are like you're fine i think it's just your situation but we watched it you know so mm-hmm. like that was but it's good to acknowledge that if you're just kind of feeling like eh. acknowledge mm-hmm. it and watch it yeah mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yeah. because it's a huge warning sign of like well i'm disconnected from my life is it going to change or is it continuing if it's continuing that's when we need to talk different right
0: exactly. and this is where i
1: think parents like have a hard time because they'll be on the side of oh it's fine it's not a big deal or like we'll do it for ourselves and it's like okay like don't just totally blow it off like you got to be balanced on that one of like watch yeah. it but don't like overreact either because you don't want to overreact everything right. um excessive hunger or loss of appetite it's funny because it can be one or the other or it can be both you can literally mm-hmm. cycle this is where like uh, the symptoms are going to be like opposites in the same at the same time i get super hungry sometimes and then sometimes i don't want anything but like but i that- think like
0: binge eating like watch mm-hmm. that hmm
1: mm-hmm. Um, fatigue, lethargic, like when you feel like super exhausted and there's not really a reason why, like you haven't run a marathon, you haven't done anything crazy. Like, okay. Like depression drains your energy. Brain fog is where like my clients just say like life is just kind of like, you know, they just can't really like focus on anything. Their brain's not competing information the same, processing the same. That's a brain fog. Lack of concentration. Um, we're looking to a lot, like we will always, we were taught to look for how clients present themselves and how they take care of themselves and groom themselves. So if they Mm -hmm. come in and all of a sudden I see that they've like complete 180 and their hygiene's gone down or they're like not taking care of themselves or they are starting to take care of themselves, that's a huge sign swinging either way. Like if you are or aren't, that matters. If you, um, even for in some other episodes. Yeah. I'm not saying like you have to come and look like a supermodel. It's, do you just put on deodorant and do you shower and brush your teeth? Like right. the basic you change out of pajamas that you've
0: worn for four days? Did you? exactly? Yeah.
1: You have stained clothes. You have gum in your hair. Like you, those things are very basic of like maintaining your body to make sure it doesn't get diseases, right? Like if you're not doing that, then that's a big sign for us that we got a bigger, bigger problem than what you're dealing with. Like honestly, the clients that I have that are very low on poor hygiene usually have pretty extreme depression. The depression that like it's where so they're still getting ready and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Like, if you're still getting ready and stuff, then you you're probably are a little bit higher on the depression scales so of like not being as like bad. Um, trying to
0: mask it too, like mm-hmm. yeah. masking it. If a you're big really lens. just but if you care enough, enough to mask, mask
1: that shows me okay, you still have some hope, some form of energy, some care. If you've just said F it" to the world and you literally like are at that stage, we're pretty far down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like that's how we were taught to look at it.
0: Yeah, at and especially and I think if you see a contrast of. A person who used to take care of himself, who used to get dressed, mm-hmm. who used to do all of these things, and you notice a shift where all of a sudden it's literally, I, I could care less about doing any of these things. That would be a big red flag. I think in teens we've seen this yeah. with multiple teens over the years, and yeah,
1: you usually yeah. see it with teens a lot. Um, yeah, you'll just that's a big sign. It was just a so.
0: social masking. They're like, I'm not going to do this. I don't, I don't care.
1: I just totally thought of the other day when like I got ready for like the first time in a couple days because. I need to go see clients, and you and my husband were both like, "Well, you look so good." I'm like, "Thanks, I don't have babysit <laughs> spit in my hair." It's like, <laughs> I
0: right. actually that was postpartum. That wasn't like and, a. But that's what I'm saying. Like some of these things, things. exactly. Yeah. Like there
1: are situational things where life is just a little chaotic, and you had to take that into consideration yeah. too.
0: Or you'll come to Did my house too, and, and I'll be or- like. Yeah, I've already done this and this and this
1: and yeah. Yeah, be curious, ask questions about people's lives so you don't just assume that they're, I've had some clients come in and they definitely look very different than what I've seen them consistently. They're in the middle of a big project. They had a major life change. They're moving, their washing machine died, whatever. And it's like, oh, cool. Like, you know, like no big deal. It's just, okay, life is, or they've gotten super comfortable and like, I just didn't want to change and I look like crap yeah. today.
0: Cool. Okay, well, we're good. Remember when we went into Ulta the other day? Oh my goodness! And we looked like heck, but I had been like moving furniture around, deep cleaning the downstairs, <laughs> mopping, dusting, doing stuff in the yard. Right, Play like taking our pool down, baby. Yeah, exactly. We walked into Ulta, and the guy was we super got judged us so bad because yeah, we were asking for, I think, highlighter. He's like, "Well, do you just want the drugstore kind?" But well, he was
1: like eyeballing us, staring at us, like "Why are you even in this store?" And I'm like, uh, "I do yeah, normally." We looked look... like crap. Like if you
0: would see, we, we looked Sunday,
1: homeless. We
0: did. We <laughs> really did. But we usually look pretty nice when we go out. So like people really I have... think we were running. It, like Ulta was a last minute decision to stop into. I think we had gone to pick it some was. stuff up for yeah. house stuff. Like yeah. gone to Home Depot, whatever. Yeah. And then we're like, "Oh, we'll pop into Ulta. We're right here." But yeah. that was I don't was one think of I'll be lips. doing that anytime soon because I fell oh, in shame. that That was so rude. Was so rude. Oh but we just rude. I think pay attention to where people are at. If that's not their norm, don't be judgy. Yeah. If but like, yeah. but if it's and- something you're seeing as a trend. That's when it is more of
1: Be curious. And that's all like this one is very much just get your facts. And before you start assuming anything on all of these things, it's get your facts like weight gain or weight loss. There could be a medical thing you're going on. It could be binge eating. It could be, you know, like um, not eating like all these other things is there's a lot to this one. So that's where I'm like, don't go out and start diagnosing everyone with depression <laughs> saying you're depressed or right. depressed. That's not helping either. It's just signs to watch for more self-harm. Um, when you hear people talk more about death or fantasizing death, romanticizing death or fear of death or, you know, paranoia, those are things we look for too. Um, higher anxiety. I mean, but all these things can be different things. So you got to be like, just really careful on how you do it. Younger kids show slightly different. Uh, they'll look like anger outbursts, isolating behavior, misbehavior, trouble at school, muteness, reduced energy levels more shyness, uh, all that can be signs of it. Again, there's so many other things it could be though at the same time.
0: Right, yeah, we see signs of this for like younger kids with ADHD too and just exactly. lots of different. Yeah. And transitional yeah. things. And and this
1: is the thing, guys, my job is not black and white. So if you wanted a formula today, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> we don't have formulas. We, you, my we can give you a good formula, I guess, kind of when we've touched on some of these things of how can you support someone with depression? Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest thing is just love people. Let people talk. (laughs) Let people have their
1: space to feel because the minute that you dismiss or you say, why can't you just be happy? The minute that you're telling them that they're wrong or that they need to just interpret life different is the minute that you're shutting down their experience in them. So just let people be who they are. Again, there is a point where I will cut it off, but Love is going to be the biggest way
0: to combat this. Be the white lighter to the dark lighter. Um, <laughs> and don't just tell people, get over it. Like, I'm sick of you having depression. Get over it. Like, just love them. Yeah, that's like... Because the... we have heard that be said before. And it's... Just get over... Like, just love them. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Just be there. Be available. Um, show that you care. You know, remind people that you care. They're going to need verbal and physical reminders. Like, that's the biggest thing. Koa is the best... He taught me how to deal with depression, honestly, my dog, <laughs> um, because, you know, he was a perfect combo of, I love you, I want you around, but like, okay, you're not feeling it right now. We can just not feel it together. And that's where I was like, oh, that's how to handle clients. So, like, they'll come in and, like, someone was like, today just sucks. And I like, was like... Yeah, I agree. Like, I had a really stupid day too. It really does suck today. I will just sit there and whine about it for a bit, and then it'll be like <laughs> better because you both just had but a sucky time in that moment.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. We're holding space for them to be not okay too. But sometimes people do misery loves company, and sometimes they do just need some company and being not okay. Uh, so that is okay. Just
0: make sure it doesn't go too far, and then yeah. um, never encourage self harming. I mean, never encourage <laughs> suicidal. Like. Don't yeah. tell them, like, that black angel, dark angel, whatever you had said was, like, saying to go kill yourself.
1: Yeah, like, like validating. You are right. You yeah. are worthless. You should do those things. Like, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't that. use it as a scare tactic. Some of my teens will, like, be like, well, I just told them, like, maybe they should go jump out the window. And it's like, no. No, no, no. no. Like, at that point, that's where it's like, nope, we crossed the line to something different. Do you – in Seinfeld, do you remember at the beginning when um, – why new newton newberg no newman, newman 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 and kramer i was like how did i we watch this all the time um newman and kramer were like going back and forth and newman was uh telling kramer that he was gonna like attempt suicide multiple times and just make threats over it and kramer finally was like well jump out the window like because he was fed up with him and that's where um that he did you know like they- and newman didn't get hurt and it's like supposed to be something funny or whatever but
0: don't yeah, ever like was supposed to be comedic, but it's not,
1: it's, it's not like, not don't push that, that line. Does that make sense? Like, that was a perfect yeah. example of like, nope, like, that was too far, yeah. and the person actually did it. Like, do not do that. And if you don't know how to handle something, you need to direct them to somewhere where they can go. Suicide hotline is 988. We can post that on this episode too. Like, reach out to them, um, mm-hmm. reach out to professionals. And I professional, think we a while parents. back to our
0: stories, and yeah, yep. Yeah. Know Um, the signs and the risks and when to get help. And if you're seeing this in your loved ones, if it's something that's lasting for a little bit, just give them that little nudge, like Mm -hmm. give them a little nudge to go get some help. They may fight you on it, which is very frustrating. Like, I know there's been times where I've nudged loved ones or friends to be like, go get some help, go get some help. And they're Mm -hmm. just resistant. Just keep trying (laughs) because you can't force them to go get help. Yeah.
1: They can't even force themselves.
0: Depression is such a, it's dark,
1: you know, and that's where it's hard. And it there's space for you. Just why you're getting your space in your darkness, don't do anything stupid is what I tell my clients. Don't do anything permanent. Don't do anything lasting. Maintain where you're at. Like, don't move deeper into the darkness. Like, if we can't get yeah. to the light, that's okay. But like, don't go deeper into this. Like, don't add to things. Don't make it worse. Like, let's just stay. And if that's the best you can do, that's great. I'm happy with that.
0: Yeah. We hope this episode wasn't too heavy, but we just wanted to make sure that we went over for depression month to know, like, so you would know what to look for and your loved ones and yourselves and give you more of a reminder that you're not alone, like that and i think that's the most important thing we can do you're loved and you're not alone so do you guys need a funny story at the end i mean
1: i always like this is how i like sandwich my <laughs> sessions i'm always like it was really heavy do we need something light i mean i tried to give you that, nuggets, that, like, kids are like that too after charm. like a scary movie yeah, yeah. they're
0: like we need yeah. something like we need to watch bluey for a minute
1: <laughs> yeah like just something like happy and light well just so you guys can feel happiness a little bit before you go today my baby this looks like dobby story. the house elf Yes, <laughs> he literally looks like Dabby the house elf and his like little old man face is now scrunching up. Um, So if you needed something that makes you happy, imagine that. And he's gained like Cole two pounds. He's a big boy. I mean, he came out really tiny, so he's not that big. But oh yeah, he's like, he's like nine boy pounds boy now. But...
0: I know he came out six pounds, 15 ounces, and now he's nine pounds. Yeah. Adding to the Dobby thing, do you remember when Anson was little and he would sleep with a sock? Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, One of my biggest life quarter. regrets was not having him be Dobby the house elf for Halloween, because he would like literally well, sleep with yeah. socks. No, we were talking about that
1: of um,
0: clean of socks, mind you.
1: <laughs> we were talking about doing like a party with our friends this year, and I was like, maybe we should do Harry Potter. Some banks can be Dobby, because it'd be so oh. easy. We just need a pillowcase and cut it up, and it'd be done.
0: So, yeah, How that, cute is that? Little like chicken legs. <laughs> little chicken
1: legs <laughs> and his little old man face. So that made me happy, and um. Yeah, so I'm excited for Halloween though, because we get to dress him up as all these other things. Guys, I've been looking forward to this for, like, since I got pregnant. Honestly, since before I had Banks, I'm very excited to dress up my child for Halloween. It's fine.
0: Yeah. My husband i so crazy. We'll also add a photo on our Instagram to cheer you up. That photo that you sent the other day of Koa snuggling Banksy was so cute. It's pretty stinking cute. So we'll, we'll share some joy this week just to make sure that we weren't too heavy, but... I mean, Koa thank you for listening. We're cute together. They're going to be matching pumpkins for Halloween. I'm dying. I'm
1: dying. I, how can you not love that? I mean, come on. I know. It's fine.
0: All right. So there's my happiness for y'all. And then we'll just leave you. If you need help, if you need support, reach out to us, reach out to a loved one, call the suicide hotline 988. And... If you're helping
1: people, be a Koa. That's what I tell my clients all the time. Yeah. Just be a Koa. Koa loves everybody unconditionally. He's available and he just goes with whatever vibe you got. Like if you just want to snuggle, he will just snuggle. If you just want to like chill, he'll chill. If you want to play, he's down. Like, and that's <laughs> where I think sometimes when you're approaching people, be a Koa. Like, if they need to talk, talk. If they need to like just chill, just chill. If they just, you know, kind of feed it that way. If Koa's been a great, um, easy example of if you're like in a moment, what would Koa do? Like
0: koa would just love i love that so much he's a good example for he's all my this. white lighter guys charmed for the win
1: i gotta go feed my baby and watch charmed right
0: now. <laughs> well that happy note we're gonna sign off for the week don't forget to find us on social media um at uhane counseling and you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts have a great week bye bye